This morning, we are going to look into Isaiah, starting in chapter 52 and verse 13. And I'm going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture this morning. There's nothing, in my opinion, that's better, no word I can say, that trumps the Word of God and the truth of what it would say. And today we're going to look at Isaiah 52, 13, all the way through the end of chapter 53. And it'll be on the screen. You can get your phone, your Bible out this morning, whatever that would be, to follow along. Isaiah 52, 13. Behold, my servant shall act wisely, and he shall be high and lifted up, and shall be exalted. As many were astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So shall he sprinkle many nations. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him, for that which has not been told them they see, and that which they have not heard they understand." Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. 53 verse 4, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with the rich man in his death, although he had done no violence and there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. This morning when I read this portion of scripture, there is so much depth and richness to the word of God, but so much depth and richness to what Jesus did in this, this Passion Week, in this week where he walked in on a Palm Sunday and the people were celebrating and joyful to when he went to the cross and sacrificed. And even when God, it says, turned his back on him. Which above anything else that took place, that had to be, there is no doubt, the worst part. God, being Jesus, being God, having God the Father turn his back on him. 
But that's what he did and was willing to do for you. That's what he did. That's what he was willing to do for me on this, on this Palm Sunday morning. That he would come and he would give us himself. That by his stripes we're healed. Our iniquities were taken. The transgressor, you and I, he bore our sin. This morning we can look at a few things that we could pull out and we could talk on this passage for weeks. But today we're going to look at four things that he is and that he continues to be in our lives. He is the wise and the exalted one. Verse 13, behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. Before we get to the rest of the chapter, before we talk about him being put on a cross or dying, taking our sin upon himself, he is the exalted one. And it is vital that we understand this morning that no matter what's going on in our life, whatever's going on in our situation, whatever's going on in the health of our family member or of ourself, he has already won the victory. He's already exalted. He is already there. He's at the right hand of the Father. Even before it took place, Jesus, the sinless one came, he died for us, he gave it all for us, but he was already exalted. God knew what was going to happen. He knew where he was going to be. Jesus would come. Jesus would give it all for you and for me. When we look into these words and we look into these first few uh, verses, that even when we're talking about an exalted Lord, the next few, few verses, uh, they, they seem a little bit difficult. In fact, I cannot imagine, I don't think any of us could imagine what he went through, the pain, the suffering, the, the beatings, the, what he took upon himself for us. It says his appearance was so marred. Jesus was beaten so badly on his face that he could hardly, or he hardly looked like a man. It says that many were astonished. In fact, in Luke 22, 63 and 64, it says, Now the men who held Jesus mocked him and beat him, and having blindfolded him, they struck him on the face and asked him, saying, Prophesy, who is the one who struck you? Even in the middle of being beaten, in the middle of being mocked, in the middle of people coming against him, Jesus stood there. Jesus took it. He took the marring. He took what would have happened. The cat of nine tails that would have ripped through his skin, through his back, going to the cross for us. He took it for you and for me. I think the prophet Isaiah in, 50, in Isaiah 53 too, he uh, says it pretty good. He gives us a description, maybe the most compelling description of Jesus that we find. That he, he had been hurt, he had been abused, he had been t uh, just beaten in such a way that it says he had no form or majesty that we should look at and no beauty that we should desire him. He was marred. In fact, there was just such a, a hurt that was put upon him. I think as we look, can you imagine being the king of kings and the lord of lords? Can you imagine being the creator of the universe and in verse 3 being despised and rejected. He understood sorrow. He understood grief. And he didn't only understand it because of what he took, of what he bore, but because he took your sorrow and your grief and your sin. He put it upon himself. Jesus. He gave it all so that you and that I could experience life and wholeness and healing so that we could experience salvation. He was despised. 
and rejected by men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. The God of the universe where people where men and women would want to hide their face from him. The God of the universe that was willing. And even in this moment, it started with wise and exalted. That in the middle of his darkest days, in the middle of the most difficult time, in the middle of what was happening and what was about to happen, he was and is and will be exalted. He is our Savior. He gave it all for you and me. He's wise and exalted. He's the pierced and crushed one. In verse 5 it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our, our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. Something happens in this moment. If you can imagine yourself and you're the devil and you feel like this is my crowning moment. The king, the creator, the savior that wanted to be is now dead, is being pierced, is being crushed, is being abused. And in that moment, something begins to happen. We begin to see that Jesus going to the cross. And I'll tell you, if you were the disciples, it was really difficult. It was really difficult. We're on the other side. We've been able to see and we've been able to experience. In fact, Thursday morning, right in this room, there were a bunch of people that watched The Promise, the old production that we did. I think this one was from 2014. And it walked through the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus. We knew where it was going. But can you imagine just for a moment being the disciples that see the guy that you put all your hopes and dreams on. You've left everything for. And you see him pierced. You see him crushed. You see what he's going through. And it does not feel like he is wise. And it does not feel like he's exalted. And literally for Jesus, everyone had turned their back on him. Everyone could not understand what was taking place. But he was pierced. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. This is such a huge thing because I believe in our day and in our own lives. How often do we carry around our grief? We carry around our sorrow. We put it on our back. But Jesus, he's already done it. I want you to know today that you are not created. You are not made. You, you cannot handle to carry the grief and the sin of this world. You cannot do what Jesus did. But Jesus, he was pierced. He was crushed. And he put those things upon himself. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. What we deserved, he experienced. And he did it all for you. He sacrificed it all for you. He experienced the humiliation that you and I deserved. He did it for you and for me. By his stripes, we are healed. The prophet sees through the centuries to know that the Messiah would be beaten with many stripes. More so, the prophet announces that provision for healing is found in the suffering of Jesus, in his stripes. And this morning, what the prophet Isaiah, thousands of years before Jesus ever went to a cross, what he could see and what he could envision, my question is today, is we who have the word of God, will you believe in Jesus? Or those maybe today, you're on the journey, you're asking, you're here for a reason. The question is, do we believe? 
what Isaiah saw thousands of years before. Today, do we truly believe that he bore it for us? He took our iniquities. He took our shame. He took our grief. He took everything upon himself so that we could be healed, so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be whole. This morning, I believe God wants us to open our hearts to him. He wants to give us himself. This morning, things that have been a part of us, the grief of our life, the sorrows of our life, I believe God wants to heal some people in a physical way, but I also believe that God today wants to take some of that sorrow, take some of that grief, and get it off of you and put it on himself, because he already has won. He's already done it. Which means we don't have to leave here in a place of sorrow, in a place of grief, in a place of feeling like we can't make it. But we can leave knowing that God walks with me, that he is before me, that he goes and he moves and he will show himself in might and in power because he's already done it. He's already done it. When I think about the, the imagery of sheep, uh, sheep, I think there's no other way to do it. Sheep are stupid. Right? I mean, it's just the truth. So I'm not calling us stupid, although he, it says sheep, you know, weird, like sheep. But sheep so often, they don't do the right thing. They're headstrong animals. They, they want to do whatever they want to do, and it's random. And so often in our life, we can be in a place where we want to do what we want to do. We want to be what we want to be. We want to be the things and go the directions. And it isn't where God would have us to go. And I'm asking us as a church today, could we get rid of the control? Could we give up the control and say, God, I'm going to give it to you. Wherever you lead, I'm going to go. And truthfully, if I'm honest this morning, Lord, help me just not to be as stupid as I was yesterday. Sinful. You could, not as sinful as I was yesterday. Let me hear your word, Jesus, so that tomorrow I go where you want me to go. Tomorrow I speak up to the people and encourage the people that you want me to encourage. Lord, let me go as you have called me to go because you've already won the victory in my life. And church, it's important to know that this morning, if you're believing for a, he a healing, it's not you. You're not healed in yourself, in who you are, in what you feel, or what you promise to do tomorrow. It is with his stripes that you are healed, which means do not punish yourself. Instead, be healed through his punishment and his stripes on your behalf. I think sometimes we want to punish ourselves. We did something and we deserve something and it's our fault. And I want you to know that we did the sin. But today we have someone who takes our punishment and takes our shame and takes what we should bear on ourselves, And he pulls it off of us and he makes us righteous. He makes us holy. He heals us because he was pierced and because he put stripes and stripes were put on his back. He is so good this morning. Don't punish yourself, but let God relieve you of what you carry, of your burdens and of your sorrow. He's pierced and crushed. He's the obedient and humble one. Isaiah 53 verse 8 says, By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And as for his generation who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people. He was there. He was in a moment. And God moved. He spoke through him. He was obedient to do what God had called him to do. Despite the pain the suffering, the Messiah, the Lord of heaven and earth never spoke to defend himself, but only to glorify God. He's obedient to the point of death. He gave it all for you and me. 
And this morning, just like he was obedient, our reward comes from our obedience to Jesus. Not another's opinion of your position. And in this moment, if you think of Jesus, he was put aside, he was rejected, he was condemned. The people that should have been there for him, the the people that even on a Palm Sunday were probably waving palm branches. In fact, that, that play I talked about, it obviously had to be the same people. But the same people waving the palm branches were the same ones putting them on the cross. And so often that's what life is, but that's what Jesus was willing to do. But he was obedient to God. Not about what somebody else said, not what somebody else thought, not what all the people around him were cheering and chanting. But he said, I will be obedient. And the God of the universe that could have pulled himself off that cross or during obedience, he could have said, I think I'm good. I like the God side way better than the man side. And I'm going to go back to that. I don't want to be man. No, he bore it for us. And he was humble. And in a moment when I say, Lord Jesus, will you move? Will you speak? Will you let your goodness shine upon me? You've already won it. You've already done it. You've already experienced it. Today, church, can we be obedient to the voice of the Lord? Can we be obedient to what he's saying and to who he is? Because this morning, the fourth is that he's the offering. And he is the interceding one. Verse 12 says, therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors, the transgressors this morning. With the image of dividing the spoil after a victorious battle, we see that the Messiah ultimately triumphs. Next week, we're going to be looking at a risen Lord. We're going to be looking at Him coming out and then being with His disciples. We're going to look at things we can grow from the God who still lives. Because He lives, we're going to see some things that we get to experience. But this morning, we get to know that He's interceding for us. He was the offering, and He is now interceding, which means when you think you're alone, or you think you can't make it, or you think you just don't have anything left in the tank, you can know that the God of the universe is sitting in heaven. He's praying. He's interceding. He's believing for you, which means you are never, ever alone. You're never not thought about. You're never where in a place where no one is thinking because the God of the universe, the creator is thinking and praying for you. He's there believing in you. And when I read these words, he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. And this morning, I just wanna, I wanna throw something out there. I think the question that releases salvation, the the, the answer that, that pours out healing, is not, wow, I'm really good. I've got it put together. I'm righteous and I'm holy because of what I've done or I've been serving or I actually led someone to the Lord so I'm good so God can heal me today. I actually think it's the exact opposite. This morning, if I realize, Lord, I am simply a transgressor. I do things against your will. I do things against what you have. And Lord, I wanna grow every day. I wanna be perfect like you are perfect. But Lord, I'm a transgressor. I sin. We could ask this morning, how many people you raise your hand on the way, maybe if you have children, probably a high percentage, went exactly how you wanted, exactly this morning. Or maybe some people who would say, it didn't go that way. And you're really glad that there wasn't an Instagram live of you in the car or right before you got in the car. Guess what? 
We're transgressors. But you know what Jesus did for us? Is he died for us. He covered us. He took our pain, our sin, our iniquities, and he calls us righteous. He welcomes us in. And this morning, if you are not walking in relationship with Jesus, you don't have to get perfect. The exact opposite. Today we come and we say, I'm a sinner. I've transgressed against you. I helped put you on that cross. I helped beat you with my sin. I helped the weight that you bore be more than it would have been. And Lord, I offer you myself. I give you every part of who I am. I offer you everything. And when we get to the point where we realize it's not because I'm some great thing, because we aren't, we're all going to mess up. We're all going to blow it. We're all going to do things, even to people we love, that's for some reason, we just can't get out of our way. I don't know if anybody else has ever been there, but it's going to happen. It'll keep happening. But Lord, I'm going to go after you. And this transgressor is here this morning to say, God, you've made us new. You've given us everything. You've healed us. You've restored us. You've given us salvation. And church, it's time to not think too highly of ourselves, but to think higher of the King of Kings that died on the cross. And when we get that in our heart, all of a sudden we understand this morning, it doesn't matter what's going, been going on in my life. I get to come and say, Lord, forgive me. I get to come and say, Lord, restore me. I get to come and say, Lord, heal me. Lord, make me new. Do something that I've never experienced before. Not because of you, because we're nothing, but because God, you died for me. You were pierced and crushed for me. You gave it all for me so this morning we can come with confidence and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Make me new. And heaven rejoices when we give our heart to him. We can come with confidence and say, Lord, heal this body. Sometimes even, Lord, I know why. Maybe I've not treated my body as I should. And we can leave and do better. But Lord, I believe that you want to heal and you want to restore. Lord, I pray that in relationships, in my marriage, in whatever it might be today, that Lord, I know I've done wrong, but Lord, you are God. You died for me. You gave it all for me. And let's believe that we leave this place anointed and empowered by the King of Kings to go forth with boldness, to go forth healed, to go forth forgiven, to go forth whole what he wants to do today, church. All over this place, if we could just stand to our feet. It's because he lives. Because he lives. By his stripes, you're healed. Because he lives today, salvation in yours is yours. And in fact, if you're at home or you're in the room today, we're just going to turn this place into a prayer time. In fact, the rest of the service, the altars are open. Here in a minute, I'm going to ask a bunch of you to come. Maybe somebody has some faith, and you're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to get up there right away. But right now, if there's anybody in the house, you say, I've never given my life to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm not walking in relationship with Him. I'm not living a life that honors Him. And you'd say, I want to make that change. I want the God of the universe that died for my sin, that is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding for transgressors and the ones who put him there. And you say today, I want my life to be new. I want my life to be whole. I'm gonna ask you to just to, to do a brave thing this morning. And would you raise your hand if you say, I wanna know this God. I want new life in Jesus. I want to become who he has called me to be right now. At home, if that's you, you can be, begin to even just ask him to speak to you in this room. God is so good. Right now, Lord, we are thankful, Lord, that each one, Lord Jesus, that in their heart is praying, Lord, forgive me. Lord, make me new. Let me become who you've called me to be. Take away my sin. I repent of the past. 
Lord Jesus, that that makes us fully available today. Fully available to let you speak and move and restore and make new. And God, I pray that that's the case. And in fact, right now, all of us in this room, Lord, I pray that you would forgive us. You would make us new as we cry out to you. If there's things from this week or this month or this year, Lord, I pray we would lay those down. But Lord, not so then we've done something, but so the God of the universe, so that you, Jesus, who died for us, taking our sin, the transgressor's sin, and now, God, that you would let your goodness rest upon us. Lord Jesus, we worship you. Lord Jesus, we praise you. Lord Jesus, we offer you everything. Church, right now, if you say, I just want more of God, if you feel comfortable, we've got a big altar area from side to side. I'm going to ask as many people as would this morning, that you say, I'm going to come and worship. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. And here in a couple minutes, we're going to call all of those that want healing. I encourage you this morning, if you're believing God for a healing, get to the front. I believe if you are believing God for a relationship, or you're believing God for a deliverance, or you're believing God that maybe there's sin in your life that you don't want to be there anymore, I'm going to ask you to be bold, to come forward. And then I'm going to ask you, if you're like, I don't know if I have anything specific, but you just want more of God. We don't do this overly often. Today is the day. Let's step out. Let's get out of our norm, out of our comfort zones, and let's worship. Let's pray, and let's do it in a new posture, in a new place. So right now, all over this room, if you'd begin to just make your way to the front, if you're at home this morning, would you find a place that maybe is different than what you normally do at home? Would you let God begin to speak? And today we are believing for miracles. We're believing that He's going to heal and make new so right now, worship team, thank you so much. When you begin to lead us, let your faith arise. Begin to pray. And then if you are looking for something specific here in a few, we're going to call you up. And we're going to believe that God will do it if he already hasn't before we get there. So let's, let's worship. Let's go after the Lord this morning. So today, church, love you all. Thank you for praying. Thank you for worshiping. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Have a good one.